Hi, and welcome to the jungle. My name is Tom Kislingberry. I host the Read and React podcast with Sticky Z. It's all about defensive players. We know it seems like a scary world with all the savage beasts and dark corners and mysterious ruins. So we want to help you through it. We fight through the linebacker lemurs and the nose tackle nasties and the cornerback creepers so you don't have to. IDP is all about getting an edge and we will give it to you. Now, Sticky, pass me that machete. You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Dan Myler. With me again this week are my good friends Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. Matt, it's the opening day of free agency, or at least the first day that free agents could quote-unquote visit with teams. We are recording on Tuesday night, so lots of news is breaking. How is free agency treating your dynasty rosters so far? Ups and downs, you know. I, I You guys mentioned you you took the day off for the Combine. I want, wish I had taken the day off today for free agency, man. It was, it was wild and crazy. It was like a fantasy owner's dream come true, depending on which players you own. So really fun day. I'm excited to get into this stuff. Yeah, it was a roller coaster, no doubt. We had planned perhaps about talking about rookies this week for the first time, or, or at least really digging into these rookies this week. But with all the news that hit, we're going to spend the whole episode, Ryan, talking about everything happening in free agency, or at least the first day of free agency. Uh, any quick thoughts on, on free agency in general, Ryan? Yeah, I'm just mad that I did take the day off yesterday <laughs> when nothing happened. And then today I was back at work and, and the news was was flooding through uh, through my phone and through Twitter and, and everything else. So, uh, But yeah, it's been exciting. It's been fun to watch uh, all of this unfold. Um, I don't know. I don't really feel like my fantasy teams have been affected too much. Um, a lot of these guys I, I didn't have on my teams, but I, I really just try to sit back and wait for it all to unfold and see what these teams are going to look like uh, here in a couple weeks. And, and then by that time, it's almost draft time, like you said, Dan. So uh, they'll, they'll get shaken up again. Yeah, I, I like to let things soak in a little bit before overreacting or, or even underreacting, I guess. You know, that's what the listeners are here for, to, to hear our reactions, I guess, or our overreactions or underreactions. Let's start with the quarterbacks that made news over the last six or seven days. And I, I think the quarterback market started with Kirk Cousins, but we should probably mention Drew Brees first because he's one of the best quarterbacks of all times and Kirk Cousins simply isn't. Breeze resigns with New Orleans, which isn't a surprise to anybody, Ryan. But the more I thought about this today, and especially after seeing the contract that he signed, it, it looked to me, and I'm no contract expert, but I dug in on Twitter a little bit. It looked to a lot of people like a one-year contract with the possibility of a second year if both are on board for it. 
the more I read and seen those things, Ryan, the more I thought they might be a candidate to draft a quarterback and maybe even relatively high, perhaps not those top four or five guys that we've talked about, but maybe that next tier of, of quarterbacks, um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, potentially. I, I definitely don't think they'll take one in the first round, uh, as you just said. Um, I mean, this is a team that, that definitely has Super Bowl aspirations after their successful season in 2017. So I don't think that they would make that move to draft a, a backup for 2018, even at the important position of quarterback. But yeah, I mean, if Mason Rudolph, Kyle uh, Laletta, you know, one of these guys falls to that late second round, I think they could, could certainly consider it at that point. Yeah, and it's for super flex owners, that might be an interesting proposition, uh, especially very late in rookie drafts. Something to watch for sure. But let's dig into Kirk Cousins, Matt. Maybe one of the worst kept secrets over the last few days, and everybody thought that it was the best possible landing spot. Uh, and, and I should mention before we get into any of this stuff too much, these are all reported deals. So if any of this stuff falls through, it's not our fault. It's Schefter's. Matt, Kirk Cousins, landing in Minnesota, a fully guaranteed contract over three years. What does this do for his dynasty appeal for you? And then the the players surrounding him, those pass catchers, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's definitely an upgrade for the pass catchers. Uh, I mean, Keenan was great last year, don't get me wrong, but he's and you just said that Kirk Cousins isn't a Hall of Famer like Breeze, and he probably isn't, but I think he is an upgrade to, to Keenum despite how efficient Keenum was last season. Um, in terms of like Cousins' value, it kind of feels lateral. I know the weapons are better, but he's going to a more run-heavy offense, especially Dalvin Cook coming back. Um, but the weapons are, are definitely better, so he might have a little bit more upside. But in terms of like in one quarterback leagues, I think I think he's still like a second-round pick, like like most every other uh, starting quarterback in the league. So uh, I definitely like the move. I, I, and and just a contract note, it seems like Cousins is. Either him or his agent are very smart because they structured this in a way where it's fully guaranteed and it's a three-year deal. So he's going to be eligible for another contract when he hits 33 for for one last one for his career. So between the two franchise tags, this fully guaranteed contract and whatever he can get after after this one's over, he's he's made himself a lot of money. Yeah, he might be rewriting the rule book uh, for future free agents, especially at that position. Ryan, what are your thoughts about Cousins and, and especially those pass catchers, Thielen, Diggs? and the rest of them in Minnesota. Yeah, I know a lot of people were excited to see Cousins uh, go to Minnesota. For me, it's more about real football reasons than uh, than maybe for fantasy football reasons. Uh, I just I think that turns them into the strongest of Super Bowl contenders. They were already a contender, and we saw what they could do with, with a guy like Keenum. So I'm excited to see that team in 2018. I do think it's good news for the pass catchers, really for the entire offense, but I totally agree with uh, with Matt's thoughts as well that I don't necessarily see it as a bump up in production or in value for Cousins. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. As far as dynasty owners are concerned it's probably a wash as far as cousins value i i I do like what it does for for those pass catchers particularly Diggs and thielen cousins showed in washington that he likes to push the ball down the field and i'm not sure that Diggs and thielen are known for that necessarily i'm I'm not sure that he's going to do as much of it but that's to be seen in 2018 and beyond 
Uh, speaking of the Vikings, all three of their former quarterbacks found new homes on Tuesday. Case Keenum to Denver, San Bradford to Arizona, and then Teddy Bridgewater goes to the Jets. Man, that's a lot to digest, Matt. What are your thoughts about these three landing spots for the passers? I think Keenum is definitely that bridge quarterback. I, I'm, I think there's a few of us out there, including myself, that are still holding out for, for Chad Kelly to come in and do something, maybe prove himself, if not overtake Keenum this year. But I, I do think that they're still in play for a rookie, too. Uh, maybe, in the, maybe, again, not one of those top five guys like I was talking about, maybe like a Kyle Oletta or something in, in the second round there. Bradford, Arizona, I, I actually like quite a bit. Like, I think his skill set is going to mesh well with, with Fitzgerald's last, last uh, well, presumably last season there in Arizona. And he had, and I know it's only a one-game sample size, but he had a really good week one <laughs> in 2017 before he went down for injury. It was, it was a good game. I think he scored like 35 fantasy points or something. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic about that one if he can stay healthy. Who knows with those knees, though, that just bothered him all season long. Bridgewater to the Jets. I mean, he's still going to have to beat out Josh McCown because he resigned with 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 the Jets as well. You know, he could either go off and be that that kind of that player coach. Uh, there's been a lot of a lot of talk that McCown might join uh, some coaches on the sideline once he's finally done with his career. So maybe he's going to play a little bit of that role. Um, but I th- do think Teddy's probably going to have to outplay him. Not that that's necessarily a stretch, but McCown played well when healthy last year too, and seems to always do okay. Um, I think the big question for them do, now is, is do they try to uh, pursue one of those top five quarterbacks in addition to those two veterans that they brought in? Yeah, it's really interesting what's going on there. Ryan, what are your thoughts about these three former Vikings quarterbacks in their landing spots? Uh, I mean, for dynasty purposes, honestly, I'm not really excited about any of them. They all kind of feel like placeholders to me. Uh, I think all three teams, Denver, Arizona, and the Jets, could all still pursue – a rookie quarterback, even in the first round. I don't think Keenan Bradford, Teddy McCown, uh, Mike Glennon in Arizona as well. I don't think any of those guys uh, are going to convince teams that they shouldn't take Josh Rosen or Sam Bradford or, or Lamar Jackson or, or any of these, these top five. So, I mean, to me, they're all sells in a two quarterback league. If you can get really anything of value for them, I'm ready to move on from any of those guys. Yeah. Just, just not really excited about either the landing spot or the quarterbacks in general. Yeah. I could, I could see dynasty owners or some dynasty owners at least getting excited about a, a, one of one or two of those. And if, if that's happening in your league in a super flex or a two quarterback league, it might be the, the prime time to sell those guys for sure. I think there is that, that, Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown tandem in New York is a little bit interesting to me just because Teddy Bridgewater is still seen as a pretty young quarterback and there's lots of people out there that still see a lot of upside with Teddy so it makes me wonder what their plans are for the draft if they are to to add that rookie to that room. That'd be three quarterbacks that were we were all talking about a week ago or, or two weeks ago as potential quarterback two, quarterback three type guys that all land in the same place, and that just turns into a mess for dynasty owners. Uh, but no point talking too much about those teams. Let's talk a little bit about, instead of those others that are drafting high in the draft, let's talk 
about the Cleveland Browns, who have that number one pick. They add Tyrod Taylor. You guys, we haven't talked since Taylor was traded to Cleveland. Everybody sees this as a bridge move as well, to borrow what Matt said earlier. Uh, I don't think any of us are going to disagree with that. It still seems like they're going to move up or, or use one of those top draft picks on a quarterback, most likely. And Taylor will either be seen as that guy that can groom the rookie or stand on the sideline while the rookie plays. Ryan, do you have any thoughts about Taylor and his value? There's a lot of dynasty owners out there that think, man, he's he's a really nice value as that second quarterback in a super flex league. Does he still hold that appeal to you? I think he does for right now, and that's even with the assumption that the Browns will draft uh, a quarterback in the first round. Uh, I do expect him to, at the very least to start the season. And uh, I mean, really, the, the moves that they're making, the Browns are telling us they want to win games this year. And I know that can be criticized and maybe they're throwing Sashi's plan away or whatever you want to say. But these are win-now type of moves, uh, and, and they clearly want to quickly improve. So whichever rookie quarterback they draft, whether it's first round or later, I do think I think Tyrod will be the starter. There was some doubt in my mind that he would even have a starting job in 2018. I thought he, he might be the loser of all this quarterback shuffling and, and with the rookies coming in. So with the assumption that he is going to start the season and, and potentially even the, the entire season, I think it's a win for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you for sure. And, and, you know, your comment about those that are saying that they're throwing away Sashi's plan and all that, I've read some of that too. And it, I just shake my head to it because it's not like they're throwing away any of these high draft picks that he collected. They're still going to be at, be able to add a lot of the youth. And if they're able to win five or six games this coming year, well, adding all these young players and, and having a lot of potential with that, it sounds like things are still on course to what Browns fans that were on board with what Sashi was doing want to see for sure. Matt, last quarterback to talk about is Deshaun Kaiser. So he moves from Cleveland to Green Bay. You and I are both Packers fans. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on Kaiser and specifically for dynasty owners, is he still a stash in a deep league for those hoping to, to get some kind of upside out of him at some point? Yes. Uh, I, I think this is a big upgrade for, for their backup for sure. Hunley, I think is, is probably on, maybe not on his way out this year, but he's going to be relegated to that quarterback three and we'll see if he is able to get on with another team or not. Uh, at some point, but I, I love this because I think Kaiser is a guy with with an immense upside. It's just they have to tame him. They have to, to tame that wild side a little bit of him. Get him under some real quarterback coaching. You know, it doesn't really seem like they did a whole lot of development last year with him in in Cleveland at all. So as far as a backup to Rodgers, I mean, and he's going to be on that rookie contract, so that's a good that's good news right around the time where Rodgers is either thinking about moving on or, or or maybe not thinking about moving on, but being pretty close to it. You know, Kaiser might be. Uh, ready to be that next successor if they can groom him kind of like they did Rodgers. I do, if you don't mind, want to go back to Tyrod Taylor real quick, though, because I, I actually love this signing. I think that this makes their offense pretty potent. I think the creativity they're going to be able to do with Taylor and and Jarvis Landry underneath with uh, with Coleman and, and, and Josh Gordon running deep, and then if they get able to draft Saquon as well, that just gives a lot of opportunity uh, for Tyrod to run some of those, those RPOs and stuff. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, 
But like I said, Kaiser, I, I like it too. I, I wish we would have given up a cornerback. You know, I, 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 there must have been some issues with the coaches. I think he walked off the field one game last year. Uh, but Demarius Randall, you know, spent a first round pick on him in, in 2015, and, and for a for a secondary that is extremely depleted already, like to be able to give away your one of your top cornerbacks like that, that's a little bit of a question mark. But in terms of what he's going to do for the team, I, I guess I like it. I just wish we hadn't given up that particular piece. Yeah, I think that's a big question mark, giving up your top corner. And I understand uh, a cancer in the locker room or, or problems with the coaching staff. I get all that stuff. It seems like Randall had a little bit more upside than maybe what they what they got in that deal. Um, I, I don't know enough about it, though, obviously. Uh, and anybody that's not in that locker room doesn't know, know enough about it. Uh, as far as the Tyrod Taylor to Cleveland thing goes, the one thing lost in all of that, and maybe not directly attached to... To, to Cleveland and the Browns situation, but Tyrod Taylor leaving and then the Bills making another trade to move up in the first round of the draft when they when they sent the offensive lineman to Cincinnati to move up, that may position them to make a move for one of these quarterbacks, Ryan. What are your thoughts about one of these rookies landing in Buffalo and potentially playing right away? I, I think it's, it's pretty clear that's the plan that the bills have in place. Um, I've seen them at least rumored to be interested in, in both Josh Rosen and Josh Allen. I mean, I, I like Rosen quite a bit more. We've talked about those guys a little bit and, and we'll continue to talk about them throughout really the rest of the off season. But I mean, they've, they've got to find that, that young franchise quarterback, or at least they have, they have to, you know, take their shot to get that guy. And, uh, and this is them doing that. So I still expect them to move up again. That's, those are the reports that we've seen. And, and that makes complete sense. They've got now the 3.01 to do that. And they have two first rounders. So they've got the ammo to go get uh, Rosen or Allen. Yeah, I see the same thing happening, kind of following that Philadelphia Eagles blueprint from a couple of years ago when they moved up a couple of times to get Carson Wentz. Turned out really good for them, and and, uh, I I think Bills fans are hoping for the same kind of turnout with what they're doing here. We'll stay in the backfield with a couple of other moves. Not a lot of happenings at running back in the first day of free agency, fellas, but Matt, Isaiah Crowell lands with the Jets and that muddled backfield and all those names, and, and there's sure to be more movement in that backfield for sure, but what are your immediate thoughts of Crowell's value compared to a week ago or, or last season, I guess, when he was with the Cleveland Browns. I saw our buddy Ellie Chris post that he hated this move because he's a, he's a big Jets fan, but I, I kind of like it. Um, it gives Crowell some fantasy value again. He he was definitely outplayed by Duke Johnson last last season for the most part, especially in the receiving game, obviously. But all they really had there was, was Bilal Powell and, and, and last year's rookie Elijah McGuire, which are I think both are, are probably more suited to a pass-catching role. So from an NFL perspective, I think this gives them that, that early down kind of banger that they were missing last season you know somebody to kind of establish the run and and make give themselves kind of a a, a, a tough appearance at least uh, from that perspective so I, I kind of like it from an NFL perspective from a fantasy perspective not as not as not as exciting because they do have those pass catchers there I do think Crowell is a better receiver than the teams let him be uh, a lot of time so um, I, I do think it's an upgrade on what they had last year. I just I'm not sure how excited about it as I am for for fantasy purposes. He's probably going to be like end up like a low end running back too would be my guess uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, that I, I think a lot of dynasty owners would probably say that's that, that they take that at this point. I, you know, 
going into free agency when it was reported that Crowell was going to most likely move on and the Browns weren't interested in bringing him back. I thought there was a chance. I was afraid that he'd fade into a number three tailback in, in another city and kind of be erased from the dynasty landscape. Or I thought that maybe that was, that was possible at least. Um, super surprised that he signed on day one, Ryan, what are your thoughts on Crowell? I agree. I, I had some of the same thoughts, um, to see Crowell and, and a couple of these other running backs get signed. And, and then you've got, uh, Dion Lewis who had such a great year in 2017. Uh, and then Carlos Hyde, Jarek McKinnon. I thought both of those guys were more highly, I don't know, highly rated, highly thought of than, than the ones we've seen signed. So maybe that's just a money deal. Uh, I'm not sure, but we, we really haven't heard anything, uh, specifically about Hyde. So that, that will be an, interesting one to watch overall though i agree with matt on crowell not an exciting move uh, i don't don't see a whole lot of change in uh in his production pal is still there mcguire's still there I, you know it's, it's just not not anything that's going to get dynasty owners excited yeah another running back that signed uh today that might not get dynasty owners excited is jonathan stewart signing with the giants ryan <laughs> You can't be any more excited about him than you are Isaiah Crowell, right? Well, I like I like this one a little more actually. Okay. I mean, we've seen we've seen a little bit of production from some really bad running backs for the Giants over the years. I mean, Orleans Darkwa the past couple of years, and uh, Wayne Gallman came on a little bit at the end of last season as kind of the pass catcher. But Stewart, I think Stewart's more talented than anybody they've had. I don't know since. Ahmad Bradshaw or Brandon Jacobs or, or someone like that. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but uh, clearly more talented than what they've had the past couple of years. I think he can be uh, a good, a good uh, goal line back or a good running back inside the five. He hadn't really had those opportunities in Carolina because of Cam Newton. So I kind of, uh, I'm kind of seeing a, a bounce back from Jonathan Stewart, actually. I really didn't expect that, Ryan. You you know, you're known to to like youth, and Stewart certainly doesn't fall under that category. Matt, what are your thoughts about about Stewart landing in New York? I'm definitely more pessimistic than Ryan between health issues and that offensive line just being terrible. I just I don't know. I don't know. I think he's going to be like a touchdown play. Like if you if you start him in a fantasy league, I think you're probably going to be pretty unhappy if you don't get a touchdown out of it. You know, they still've got still got Gallman who is who showed that he was a pretty good receiving back last season. So, uh, I'm guessing he doesn't see too much that direction. And then if for whatever reason Cleveland doesn't doesn't take Saquon Barkley at number 1, then you know, I think he still that doesn't take them out of play for that at number two so there's potential that he's just going to be a goal line kind of short rogers back i think yeah if if he's the the only addition to that backfield there's the potential for stewart to be useful to dynasty owners for sure but i i think there's still the potential and there still could come another day in this offseason where we see another running back added and the stewart moves just looks like uh something from the past and a blip on the radar and we don't we don't really see a lot from that but time will tell when it comes to Jonathan Stewart being a giant. Let's move on to a little more exciting position group, the wide receivers. Um, one of the biggest names to drop in free agency this year was Allen Robinson. I think all of us were sitting close to our phones and, and close to the TVs 
to see where A-Rob would land. And, and it seems he's going to be a bear, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> as a Packer fan, I don't want to see Allen Robinson in a bear uniform, but man, it, it, it makes a little bit of sense with Trubisky. I could see the same kind of production Robinson had with Bortles with, with this young quarterback in Chicago. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree. It's uh and I, and I can feel your pain as as a Packer fan. Um, I understand that because I, I think it's it's a nice landing spot. Uh, I woke up to that news this morning and jumped on Twitter and said, I, I, I think it's kind of an upgrade for Allen Robinson from Jacksonville. But uh, the more I thought about it, I think it's a really nice upgrade. Uh, he's clearly going to be the top option. Obviously, that that probably would have been true just about anywhere he went. So that part is is not a surprise. But, you know, the, the coaching change there with Nagy coming in from the Chiefs, uh, they're, they're clearly making moves to improve their offense. We'll talk maybe about a couple other moves they made as well, uh, later in the show, but Robinson's the headliner. And I think he could be pretty quickly valued back in that wide receiver one range. Yeah, I think so too. I, th- I think his, his value spiked dramatically. Uh, and I alluded to that a little bit, Matt, what are your thoughts on Robinson landing with the bears? As a Packer fan, I hate it. <laughs> the, Bears, the Bears are getting better. The Vikings are getting better. And, and look at the look at the Packers. We're just treading water again, right? So, man, it's it's. I was really hoping we get Robinson or, or Watkins, one of these guys, if we were going to let Jordy go. Like we're going to get to that. Sorry, spoiler alert. But uh, it, from a from a fantasy perspective, I mean, you have to like it. I think, like Ryan said, he's going to be a high end wide receiver two, fringe wide receiver one, maybe just based on volume alone. Uh, you know, compared to what he was going to see in Jacksonville with with the way they've changed their offense up. So uh, I think you have to like it. I'm not afraid of Cam Meredith. I like him as a player, but he's not a threat to Robinson. Kevin White's no threat to him. Kendall Kendall Wright's no threat to him. You know, there's there's no one there to challenge him in terms of the volume that he's going to get. So I think we're going to see like true wide receiver one target numbers from him. Um, so it's going to rely on a lot on the development of Trubisky a lot to see what his ceiling might be. But with that, like like Ryan said, with the new coaching staff and everything, they went out and got their their wide receiver one. So I don't know how you can be upset about this move, honestly. As a Robinson owner in many leagues, I, I wanted him to land either in Chicago or in San Francisco with those young quarterbacks and, and guys that I thought could get him the ball. So I'm, I'm real happy with the landing spot. Only 24 years old, uh, going to be 25 right before the season started it starts. And I, you have to imagine that if he hadn't gotten hurt last year, that even more people would be talking about Allen Robinson right now and what he could potentially do. Uh, I think he could make an instant impact for both Dynasty owners and the Chicago Bears, obviously. Another wide receiver that could make a big impact for his team and his Dynasty owners is Jarvis Landry, Matt. Uh, This is a really interesting one, and we alluded to it earlier, or at least Ryan did, that Cleveland's trying to win some games. They're trying to get better right now. They added the quarterback. We talked about him a little bit. They're obviously going to add some more playmakers, or at least one or two, early in the first couple of days of the the draft but Landry lands in Cleveland as well what are your initial thoughts of Jarvis Landry wearing a Browns uniform I, I, there was a lot of hate about it on Twitter when it came out and I think most like the consensus feeling is that it's a it's a at least a slight hit if not a, a big hit to his value 
Um, I, I don't really see it that way. I think it offers them a lot of creativity, and, and it was Tyrod there. You know, he's not really the technician type of quarterback that we've seen. He's, he's more of a, you know, he, he did very well with Watkins on the deep ball, that kind of thing. He's more of a, of, a, of a feel kind of quarterback than he is a technician, so to speak. But Landry, I think, is going to be able to provide a nice safety valve, especially on rollouts, which, which Tyrod Taylor is very good at doing. So if he can kind of get on the same page with Landry and they build that rapport, I think it's going to be really profitable. I don't know if we'll see Landry catch, you know, 105, 110 balls anymore, but I bet, I bet we still see 85 to 90 pretty easily. Yeah, I think easily as well. And I, I think there's still the potential for him to hit triple digits, uh, be that same receiver that we've gotten used to with the Dolphins. Ryan, what are your thoughts of Landry and, and even the other pass catchers in Cleveland, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, and Joku? I am uh, shying away from Coleman, but the other two seem like they should be able to hold their value. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree completely. I, I don't really think it affects gordon at all i mean they're they're just about as different as two wide receivers can be so not worried about that uh, i do agree with coleman i think it it it's a knock on him maybe not because they play similar style but uh, just from a matter of playing time and if they're making a move for a second or a, a wide receiver two or wide receiver one however you want to rank gordon and landry but if they're making a move to upgrade that wide receiver position Clearly, it's it's a statement towards how they feel about uh, Corey Coleman. Matt, did you have anything to add to Gordon and Coleman and Njoku's value there in Cleveland? Yeah, I, I agree that it definitely affects Coleman's dynasty value for sure and, and probably his production as well. I'm not sure if it says anything about how they necessarily feel about him because every team these days needs three wide receivers, right? So, uh, you know, the, the, I think the NFL average is like 70% now, three, three wide receiver sets. So, you know, they really have nothing behind Gordon and Coleman at this point, unless you're big on Hig- Rashad Higgins still or uh, Jordan Taylor or one of these other rookies that they draft when they threw like five of them at the dartboard a couple of seasons ago. You know, I think that him and Njoku are really going to do well to dominate the middle and short areas of the field. And, and you can send Gordon and Coleman deep, both of them, and, and, you know, they're going to have to cover one of them. Say what you will about Coleman and his hands and, and his health the last couple of years. But when he's on the field and healthy, he's a fast guy and can kind of stretch the defense there and open things up for the middle. And then if they get Saquon, too, like the mismatches they're going to be able to play in the in the uh, the secondary, especially at the linebackers between with uh, with uh, Njoku and Landry and, and Saquon Barkley back there. Uh, that's going to be really something special to see, I think, underneath with those two guys stretching the field. So I'm pretty excited about this offense. I, I said on Twitter the other day, is it, is, is it, is it, do I have to be called a bandwagon fan if I jump on, on Cleveland right now before they do anything? And uh, I, I'm ready to jump on that bandwagon, man. If I am, call me a bandwagon fan, whatever. But I, I really like what they're doing so far. Yeah, going back to what Ryan said about maybe Coleman's value dropping, I, I tend to agree. I still think that the truthers out there, the the big Coleman fans, at the very least can hang on to that best ball value. There's still the potential for him to get deep in, at any time uh, and, and make those big plays. Uh, I just don't know if he'll, he'll ever get enough targets to be considered an every week starter in our game. Uh, but as far as best ball goes, there's still certainly some potential there because of his deep skills. Uh, the other real big name to sign in free agency, or at least uh, supposed to sign once free agency begins, is Sammy Watkins signing with the Chiefs, Ryan. This was an interesting one. There was rumors going around that maybe the Packers would be interested. I'm, I'm just not a big Sammy Watkins fan. I, I've never really been. Um 
I'm, I'm just fine with him landing in Kansas City. What are your thoughts there? I don't think it really uh, boosts his his dynasty stock at all. I was I was I don't know what spot I was hoping for. I guess maybe the Packers. You always think about that as as a nice landing spot for an offensive player, especially a wide receiver. But outside of that, I, I was I was just hoping for a, a good landing spot that could he could really show off his talent. I'm not sure if this is it. He seems like kind of like a similar skill set to my guy Tyreek Hill, so I found it I found it odd based on that. It just feels kind of like a luxury signing for the Chiefs. I I, I think they have some other needs, especially on defense, as as they made a, a couple big cuts both this week with Tamba Ali. I know he was he was certainly slowing down towards the end of his career, but I, I kind of feel like they could have spent that money. At, a, at another position uh to me Watkins is is a sell if anybody likes the landing spot and if anybody thinks it's it's hurt uh Hill or uh, or Kelsey then then I would b- be buying those guys yeah I you you said exactly what I was thinking uh, I mentioned it I'm fine with it it's I'm not I'm just not that excited about, I'm never I've never been excited about Sammy Watkins so I probably shouldn't even uh comment too much i'll add patrick mahomes to that group if for some reason somebody feels differently about patrick mahomes you could add him to the to the to those pass catchers that you mentioned matt what are your thoughts on on watkins and with the chiefs i i don't hate it as much well i guess you guys don't hate it that's a strong word but i guess i like it a little bit more than you guys i i think that i mean you cannot if you're a patrick mahomes fan and you're patrick mahomes and you fail with this set of weapons then (laughs) You're good. Good luck the rest of the season, man. With with Watkins and Tyreek Hill and and Kelsey and and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, like that is a really nice set of weapons for a new quarterback to grow into. I think it could be a little bit rough in year one, but I do think there. I do think like Ryan's right that there are some similarities between Watkins and Tyreek Hill. But I do think Watkins is is a very is a, is a very good route runner. So I think he could add that there and, and play a lot of the the shorter and intermediate stuff. You know, I think it'll. I think it's going to be good if Mahomes and him can can have a have have a rapport and get on the same page because I think he offers a little, something a little bit different than Tyreek does. I think he's got the deep speed too, but in terms of being able to separate based on just routes, I think Watkins has Tyreek Hill there. Um, but, you know, Mahomes is more of that kind of gunslinger quarterback, so he might just kind of clue in on, on Tyreek Hill anyway. So it's kind of up in the air. I don't think it really shifts his dynasty value for me one way or the other. I think he's still kind of in that, that same range for me. You know, based on where he was in L.A. last year, I think the volume is probably going to go up. I think he probably has more than 70 targets or whatever it was that he had last season. So I think in terms of a volume situation, it definitely uh, is better for him in Kansas City. A couple other wide receivers that signed Matt in Miami, Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson. Quickly, what are your thoughts on those two? And if there's one that you want to add, who is it? No, I, I hate I hate both of these <laughs> signings. Just, just re-sign. You paid, I don't know what the contract was on Amendola at this point, but uh, whatever the long-term deal for Landry was, just pay that money to Landry instead of signing these two guys. I don't understand how Albert Wilson gets twenty-eight million. Was it twenty-four million? Three years for twenty-four million dollars. I don't understand how how a guy like Albert Wilson gets that. Ryan, I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But Ryan Grant, same situation in Baltimore. How does this guy get twenty-nine million dollars? Yeah, it's really crazy. Some of the money that was out there. Speaking of Ryan Grant. Ryan, he and John Brown sign in Baltimore. Are you excited about either one of these guys? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, I like John Brown. <laughs> love the talent there. You know, we've we've seen what he can do, but we also know the story as far as health. Uh, so, uh, if he can stay healthy, great. Uh, I'm certainly not willing to 
spend much to find out though. The Ravens, I mean, even though they pass the ball a ton, they, they still somehow have a terrible uh, offense for fantasy owners. Um, they, they still need to make a lot of moves here. You know, they've been projected to maybe take Calvin Ridley or someone like that in the first round. They, they still need to make some moves. Uh, I, I will say going back to Miami, I mean, Albert Wilson is not a guy typically that I would be excited about or be a big fan of, but based on the fact that how they've used Landry in the past, based on the payday that they gave this guy, I mean, he, he's a player I would, I would target assuming he's maybe on some waiver wires. Um, I mean, he, he could easily see, you know, 70 or 80 or 90 targets. Are you paying something for him though, Ryan? Are you like, are you giving like a third or something for him? Uh, I mean, maybe a late yeah. third, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> more, more of a waiver wire target in shallow leagues. Sure. Sure. Yeah, he's the kind of guy I play in a lot of salary cap leagues. He's going to be in free agency auctions, free agent auctions. And for those still doing startups, a guy worth monitoring for sure is a guy you can add to the end of your bench and see what happens because he he could easily outperform a $1 salary in, in, a, in a cap league. Uh, another guy, speaking of salaries, Paul Richardson signed a massive contract, or will at least, tomorrow. Uh, he's coming off his best season as a pro, 44 catches, 700 yards, and six touchdowns in Seattle. Parlayed that into a five-year, $40 million contract in Washington, Matt. What are your thoughts on Paul, Paul Richardson and his dynasty upside? I, I don't know how well he messaged with Alex Smith. I know Alex Smith kind of changed his game around last season. Tyreek made him a very good deep ball thrower. Paul Richardson is a guy I liked in Seattle with Russell Wilson, as someone who can you know move out of the pocket and make plays. And, and Alex Smith can certainly do that to some extent. Uh, but I just don't know where he fits in that offense. Is, does that mean that Doxon is, is not going to be a thing? Is, are both of those guys going to start outside with, with Crowder in the slot and they're just not, not going to really count on Jordan Reed or any tight end at all this season? I just don't really know how that fits with Washington. It doesn't really excite me very much. I was hoping he would go to maybe a more prolific passing offense and really be able to show us what he can do. But they paid him the money, so they must like him. Um, uh, he's a guy that I have a lot on the uh, end of my roster on a lot of dynasty teams, and I'm probably still going to hold unless unless somebody calls and is very excited about it. I, I don't think you can cut him after this, but I, it's, fit, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about it. Just kind of like a, a meh feeling when I think about it. It's not exciting to me at all. Yeah, as a Doxon fan, I was disappointed to see the signing. Like you said, uh, another deep threat on that team probably doesn't spell good things for Doxon as that's the role I seen him playing. And the up the dynasty upside that I saw with Doxon, it was every had everything to do with being a red zone threat, the big red zone target, and the deep threat. And Richardson steps on the toes of that. Uh, Marquise Lee re-signed in Jacksonville. Dante Moncrief also goes to Jacksonville. Ryan, what are your thoughts there? I just feel like they have four wide receiver twos or threes. I mean, they've got they've got those two guys. They have D.D. Westbrook. They have Keelan Cole. I, I don't know that I really want any of those guys. If Moncrief is cheap, I would take a shot on him. Hopefully making some type of comeback. But other than that, I mean, do we want these guys that Blake Bortles is going to be throwing the ball to? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, and probably a question for somebody better, better, uh, better than me to answer. Matt, are you the guy that could answer that for me? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the guy who could answer it, but I kind of think that this means that either Keelan Cole or Didi Westbrook is, is going is going to be like an actual 
you know, real startable asset next season, you know? So I, I've always seen Moncrief as a guy who's going to be very touchdown reliant. I thought the best returning spot for him was with a healthy Andrew Luck back in Indy, but they clearly uh, didn't see him as part of their plan. So uh, he's going to see much, much less volume than he would see in that Indy offense. So again, I think he's one of these guys that you're going to be hoping for. Matt, if, if you're right about that, then it must be uh, Keelan Cole because it's not D.D. Westbrook that's going to be startable. Oh, okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't really have a preference between the two. I have like kind of some flyer shares of both, uh, but don't really have too much invested in either of them. Personally, I've been a Moncrief fan in the past, and I've fallen off that bandwagon over the last 12 or 18 months. And I really, this move does not make me want to jump right back on going, going from Andrew Luck to whatever else was in Indianapolis and now down to Blake Bortles, uh, nothing to get excited about for sure. Uh, one last bit of news that I wanted to touch on mostly because I'm a Packer fan and more news will probably drop before some of our listeners hear this, but I wanted to talk about it and that's Jordy Nelson and his release in Green Bay. It's a sad day for us, Matt. Uh, huge Jordy Nelson fan. I'm sure you are as well. I love his grit and his energy and, and how he turned into such a big playmaker for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, but as a dynasty owner, there's potential still for maybe a year of, of production if he lands in the right place. First, what are your thoughts, Matt, on, on Nelson and his release from Green Bay? And then secondly, uh, where would you like to see him sign? I, I really wish they would have been able to find a way to bring him back, but I get it. He had a, like a $10.2 million coming to him this season, and that's probably a little bit of an overpay for a 33-year-old wide receiver. They end up saving like $8 million against the cap or something like that. So I, I understand it, but I really don't like it. In terms of his, his future value with another team, I'm not sure about landing spot, but it, it just seems like he was a guy that, that, that him and Rodgers just had that connection, and, and I, I'm not 100% sure he's going to be able to find that with another with another team and another quarterback, at least uh, unless he signs pretty quickly here and is able to get into camp and, and start building that that relationship with the new quarterback. So I do worry about him a little bit coming up in terms of having him on a dynasty team. I think he's really like a you know a wide receiver three or later at this point right now. If if you can sell him for a late second, I think that might even be optimistic. Then it's probably a good move at this point. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on Jordy? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm with you guys. I'm. I've said before, I don't really have an NFL team that I cheer for, but if I had to pick one, it probably would be the Packers. Uh, and, and I've been a Jordy Nelson fan as well. So kind of sad to see it go this way, but it, I mean, it makes sense. And, and that's just, uh, that's just part of the business. I guess I, I did actually see there was, there were rumors of a contract extension for, Randall Cobb, which surprised me a little. I'm sure that is just working around the salary cap and uh, lightening his his 2018 cap hit more than anything else. But uh, I am hoping he gets to stay with the Packers at least. Yeah, I'd like to see him stay as well. As far as Nelson's uh, potential landing spots, I just really hope he lands with a quarterback that is accurate more than anything. Uh, Nelson isn't as, as fast as he once was, but still a great route runner. Uh, that back shoulder throw is his bread and butter. And with Aaron Rodgers, he had that. He won't have that with, with a lot of the quarterbacks that are in the league. If he can find his way to a quarterback can, that can make that throw, uh, we might be able to squeeze a little bit more dynasty value out of our good friend, Jordy. Let's move on to the tight ends before we call it a show, fellas. Staying in Green Bay, I feel like this is a reboot of the last couple of years in free agency, Matt. Jimmy Graham to the Packers. Packers 
constantly looking for that vertical threat at the tight end position. They've tried it many times over the last few years. Is Jimmy Graham the one that's going to stick and, and, and be that vertical threat in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to be your Martellus Bennett again this year, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. Man, I mean, the upside is, is out of control for this move. I, I, I think with Jordy moving on, this gives them a real red zone presence. I think Graham could easily catch 10 touchdowns in this offense, uh, assuming that, you know, he is actually Jimmy Graham and not like the ghost of, of Martellus Bennett that we saw last season. You know, in Seattle, he had double digit touchdowns last year, but his yard Artist totals were pretty low. I just don't think they ever really found out, found a way to use them. I think Rodgers is going to love having this giant target back there. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I got to say I'm buying in at this point. And I know if so, uh, a lot of people are saying go ahead and use this as an opportunity to sell Graham. If I'm a contender and I have a hole tied in, I, I don't mind buying Graham at all right now. Yeah, a, a year ago, I, I read a couple of times that Martellus Bennett was the poor man's Jimmy Graham and the Packers had gotten that guy. And I bought into that. And now it's not the poor man's Jimmy Graham anymore. It's the actual Jimmy Graham. And, and you can say what you want about all the knee injuries or, or the big knee injury. And his age is, is climbing now as well. He'll turn 32 during the season, Ryan. I'm on board with it. I, I, I told you guys before the show started that I've never owned Jimmy Graham in a league. I have a feeling that's going to change this offseason. Yeah, I, I like the move a lot as well, both for the Packers and for fantasy. Uh, tight end is pretty ugly outside of those top four guys right now when you're looking at dynasty ranks or ADP. So I, I think Graham has a chance to really recoup some of that value. And for me, he had moved out of my top 10 tight ends. I think he's outside of the top 10 in ADP as well. I think he could really jump right back up into the the middle of that top 10 with this move. And in a lot of ways, I think he's just going to replace Jordy. Uh, in basically, we, we saw Adams replace Jordy as the go-to target uh, between the 20s last year, especially, but uh, basically as the uh, acting as the wide receiver one for the Packers. And, and now I think we could see Graham replace him as the, the main red zone target. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. We could see something similar to what we did last year in Seattle, where he doesn't necessarily have a ton of targets or, uh, or yardage, but I know Rich Rebar once called him the, uh, the best red zone back in the league. And that's, that's kind of how he was used last year. Yeah, and I, I'm with Matt. I feel like the Seahawks never fully figured out how to use Jimmy Graham after he came over in that trade with the Saints. I, I, and that's not to say that the Packers will know how. McCarthy wasn't using Martellus Bennett to, to what he has had as his strengths throughout his career either. But we've seen Aaron Rodgers uh, use that position and use it well, especially those vertical pass catchers. Um, in the past, and I, I, I could see Graham filling that role. I, I'm with you guys. I think the the years of 80-plus catches and 1,000-plus yards are probably in his past, but double-digit touchdowns is certainly something he can still reach. And uh, any as I've said many times in the pod in the past, any pass catcher attached to Aaron Rodgers is a pass catcher I want on my dynasty team, even if he's 31 or 32. Another tight end I was really intrigued with this offseason and really wanted to know where he would land, landed in Chicago, and that's Trey Burton, Matt. So on top of seeing Allen Robinson play in that offense with that young quarterback, we get to see Trey Burton stretch the middle of the Packers defense 
What do you think about Trey Burton? Uh, I, I was a big fan, Matt. I, I thought in the right situation, he could flourish and make that leap potentially into a back end tight end one. I am liking this landing spot for the same reasons I liked Allen Robinson. They need more than one pass catcher in Chicago. They can support another one, and I think Trey Burton can fill that role. The Bears might have got two pass catchers that can help out dynasty owners on Tuesday. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I agree to some extent. I do think it caps his upside a little bit, uh, unless they're going to run just a ton of two tight end sets, because I think I I liked what we saw at Sashin last year in in limited work, and it was hopeful that he was going to take a step this year. So it does limit his development and his upside a little bit, at least from a fantasy perspective. But, you know, like you said, there's just a dearth of pass catchers there. So they, they need all the ones they can get. And, and you know, Burton and, and Shaheen could easily be the second and third option in that passing game if they choose not to address it in the draft at all. So I, I, I like it. I, I think there are better spots he could have gone to where there wasn't, you know, a, another cha- young challenger there um, that also wanted some playing time. So uh, I, I like it, but I think there was better spots. I obviously disagree. <laughs> uh, I, I really liked the landing spot and think that Trubitsky needs that underneath pass catcher as well as that middle-of-the-field vertical seam stretcher. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on Burton in Chicago? Yeah, Burton was one of the guys, uh, even with this stacked free agent class, uh, Burton was one of the guys I was most looking forward to uh, seeing where he landed. I I do kind of agree with Matt. I I was hoping for a better spot, maybe more because I I, I too like... liked Adam Shaheen's chances. Uh, this kind of kind of squashes those. I think considering what they paid Burton, he's uh, they're viewing him as as the starter, as the one who's going to be on the field the most, uh, which is good news for me because I I did uh, I was able to acquire him in a few spots, um, and I, I'm yeah I'm just kind of getting excited to see this rebuilt Chicago offense. And I think the guy, you know, we talked about Allen Robinson quite a bit earlier. Uh, they also added uh, Taylor Gabriel, formerly of the um, of the Falcons, along with Burton. They've got Cohen there as as another pass catcher. I think the guy really to talk about here is is Trubisky and how high he can climb in in dynasty value. Yeah, perhaps he's that guy that makes that leap like we've seen so many times in the last few years, those second- and third-year quarterbacks that that move from our quarterback two ranks into our quarterback one ranks. The last tight end move that I'd like to talk about, fellas, is a surprising one to me, at least to some extent. It's Cameron Brait re-signing or getting that extension in Tampa Bay, even after... The Bucs used that first-round pick on O.J. Howard a year ago. Brait has caught a lot of touchdowns. He's made an impression. Undrafted free agent was a dynasty darling uh, over the last couple of years, really, Matt. I was a little bit, it was a little bit of a head-scratcher for me. I expected O.J. Howard to take a little bit bigger role in his second season. But obviously, Brait being jar- one of Jameis Winston's biggest and best targets in that offense. He's going to be there to stay for a while, signing that six-year deal. What are your thoughts on Brait going back to Tampa Bay? Yeah, this is, I mean, it, it makes a little bit of sense because Tampa Bay likes to run that two tight end offense. So it makes sense. I think it's going to be absolutely frustrating for, for dynasty owners and for fantasy owners in general, really. Uh, you know, most of us that have him 
invested a first round pick in him if he wanted to get him last year in rookie drafts and this is just going to you know I think he still has touchdown upside but I mean when is it going to come I know that's a question with every tight end but now you have two guys that the team has invested in 41 million dollars I know it's not all not all that is guaranteed we don't have the the guarantees yet I don't think on that contract Uh, but that says that they really like him and want to use him so I don't know how it's good news for for OJ Howard yeah if you're an OJ Howard owner Ryan you got to be dropping your head right now that Brate signed that deal yeah, it's 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 certainly a little frustrating. Uh, I, I'm still a believer in Howard's talent, though, and and we are still talking dynasty leagues. I don't know if uh, I don't know if anyone was viewing Howard as uh, as their locked in starter in 2018 anyway. When when we're talking uh, fantasy, so to me, it's it's a buying opportunity for Howard at the right price. Um, but yeah, for the short term, it, it it's going to be a little frustrating. I've I've really noticed, and and I'm sure others have as well, uh, Brait's relationship with Jameis Winston, um, and really Winston's relationship with all of his tight ends. In in college, he made uh, he turned Nick O'Leary into one of the top tight ends in in college. In in those years, they played together. Um, and then last year, when Winston was out, we saw Brait. Uh, go from basically a fantasy starter to almost being completely ignored in the offense. Um, so to me, that was that was real evidence of uh, the impact that Winston and Brait have on one another. And I, I could see that continuing, at least for the next couple of years. Yeah, I completely understand what both of you are saying. And I, I was nodding my head as each of you were talking because all everything you said was true. I still like O.J. Howard. I still think he has that upside. But Brait's going to be there and Brait's going to take away especially red zone looks. So I was nodding my head then. And then, and then while you were talking, Ryan, I, I continued to nod my head as you were talking about how much Jameis Winston likes these guys. And, and at the end of it all, what does it all equal? It, it, it equals a headache for dynasty owners because we don't know who to start. You mentioned that OJ Howard wasn't going to be penciled in as the starter for anybody, but I think a lot of us owners were thinking of him as maybe he can take the next step throughout 2018 and become one of those guys that you can plug and play if you need him and then maybe move on from that a year later now I think that casts a a dark shadow over that all that potential that he has and I I just don't know if we're going to see that realized over the next year or so the last guy I want to talk to about a little bit of breaking news we don't have any audio to go go along with it like those fancy ones out there but uh Dion Lewis signed beep, while beep, we beep, 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 were beep, beep, beep. recording tonight uh it's old news <laughs> thank you Matt it's old news for those of you listening probably uh but it is brand new news to us so Lewis Ryan lands in Tennessee which is is an interesting landing spot for sure. Of course, DeMarco Murray moving on. Now Lewis takes on that role. I think there are a lot of uh, dynasty owners out there pretty excited about that new starter in Tennessee. Does that cast any doubt on that upside? I I think it does for sure. Um, I I had some concerns about Henry already. So uh, I've been on board with trying to sell him. In fact, I did sell him in one league uh, in a package deal that got me Tyreek Hill. So I was pretty happy with that one. I I still am even after all of today's news. But uh, I think it actually kind of flips the script now. So we all knew Tennessee would bring in a running back uh, to, to pair with Henry, I thought it would be more like a Jarek McKinnon type, uh, more like that third down pass catcher type. Uh, Lewis did 
play a lot more in the passing game this past year than he de- than he had done earlier in his, his career. But um, to me, those those two backs are kind of similar. So I, I'm surprised that that's the move they would make. At the same time, Lewis is a guy who's always struggled to stay healthy. Uh, I mean, you, you, you cheer for those guys to stay on the field, but as fantasy owners, we also have to be realistic and, and understand that 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 may be difficult to do. So I think with this move, Henry has gone from a sell for me to a buy with the, the idea that it, or the, the question, I guess, is Lewis going to even be able to stay on the field? Uh, I, I was perplexed when I saw it, that that was one of the last names I would have expected to land in Tennessee. It makes a little bit of sense to me because I do think that Lewis Lewis's tr- true value as a, as a pass catcher is going to be helpful for Tennessee because I don't know if Henry is that. I think he can catch, but I think Lewis is way better at it. You know, using him as as that kind of passing down back is going to extend Lewis's career. We all know he's had health health issues uh, throughout his career. Really, the Pet Patriots kind of res- resurrected him from that. And I, we talked about numerous times in past episodes about how none of these New England backs are really going to be used as well as they would have been back in New England. So there is that concern for him. I agree with Ryan. I'm going to go ahead and, and use this as a buying opportunity again for Henry. I think there is going to be a, a short window here where people are kind of freaking out a little bit because uh, Rap Sheet reported that he's going to be making top 10 NFL running back money. So they're definitely putting their money where their mouth is in terms of the contract. And, and if that speaks volumes to what they how they want to use them, then I think that could cause ripples for certainly in, in the dynasty community and his value in dynasty league. So definitely go out and use that as a, as a buying opportunity. I, I think he's going to be fine from a fantasy perspective if you just expect that, you know, maybe kind of like, uh, you know, maybe Gio Bernard kind of level production, you know, a little bit inconsistent, but somebody that can get you five, six, seven points in, in, a, in a pinch, especially on bye weeks and injuries and stuff like that. So, yeah, Lewis landing in Tennessee to me is is just enough to scare me off of Derrick Henry forever, I think. Uh, I, I, you can say what you want about the injury history and and everything else. If, if that contract comes in like they say it's going to come in, and uh, our listeners will know that before before we're off the air probably, it's obvious to me that the Tennessee front office and that coaching staff does not see Derrick Henry as a bell cow 25 carry a game back, and they have concerns about him. So as a dynasty owner, I'm transitioning those concerns onto my roster as well, and I, I'd be moving on from him if I had him anywhere, which... I guess I don't have to worry about because I don't. So I'm sure by the time we sign off here in a couple of minutes, more news will break and more players will sign and probably affect what we've said here. And if that happens, we apologize to our listeners. But for my friends, Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan Myler. Uh, this has been another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening and hope you catch us again next week.